A new week means a new podcast, and this one is a conversation from 2004 with Max Oppie. He was the star of Richmond's 1943 Premiership, and I went down to Rye to interview Max at his residence. As a side note, after the interview and after our cups of tea and after looking through the scrapbook, he walked me to my car, and I looked across the street, and there was a cemetery there. And I said to Max, you live next to a cemetery? And he looked at me and put his hand on my shoulder and said, Rhett, look on the bright side. I don't have to go very far. Here is our conversation with Max Oppie. 54321. Interview with Max Oppie, August the 8th, 2004, at his home in Rye, by Rhett Bartlett. I'll just put that here, that's cool. As I, I always start the interview by asking, can you state your full name and your date of birth, please? Yeah. I'm uh, William Maxwell Oppie. Right. 14, 10, 24. So, where, so I was born in Maribyrn. In Maribyrn. But everyone calls you Max, not Yeah, really. well, in the, in, in the older days, everybody was named after their fathers and grandfathers. Right. And it became a bit confusing. As to him, oh, I see. was William and who was William, whatever. William Junior and all that. Yeah. Right. They didn't use the juniors, it was more an American say. And, you know, there'd be. So, most of the. Not most, but some of our family, that's how we call each other. Does anyone ever call you William? Or on the phone? I don't know who they call Very seldom. Well, I won't. Only, only if you're in the doctor, so say, William, or in the hospital, <laughs> William, I'll be please. What did you or your father do for an occupation? Who? Your father. What did you Oh, my father's Taylor, but he died when I was 12. Oh, okay. And uh, I think, like, in 1939, coming from the country, I left the country, town of Maribyrn, to come down and do an apprenticeship in uh, turn fitting toolmaking, which I did. Yeah. And because uh, most of that time was during the war years. Then after that, I did a couple of courses in heat treatment. And heat treatment? Yeah, hardening, tempering of metal. Okay. And uh, I had a business for uh, probably 20, 27 or 30 years anyway. Mm. So where did the interest in football come from? Or was it just, just playing for me? As I just wanted, was a system like all kids. Mm. When I first started, when I came down, I used to ride my bike from uh, Kew right. to uh, Carnegie. Well, how long was that? <laughs> <laughs> a long time on the bike. How long on the bike was that, man? Bloody long while. What time did you leave in the morning? <laughs> oh, well, I had to leave early enough because sometimes you'd be playing a dandelion on or somewhere and you had to get a train or whatever yeah. from, from Carnegie to... Because being on, on uh, apprentice wages... Right. Didn't even get enough to pay the board. So you were living in Kew? Yeah. Right. So you moved from the, from Maryborough? To Kew. To Kew. I did. Yeah. I came down boarded. Oh, okay. I didn't even get enough to pay the board. I had to get subsidised from home, of course. But like most company boys. Yeah. So. And and who was, what was the junior team you played for there in Kew? What were they called? What was it, sorry, in Carnegie? No, Carnegie. That was Carnegie Sons of Soldiers. And the only reason I played there, because the boy I worked with, we both built an apprenticeship, Right. And he was the only, only kid I knew in town. Really? In Melbourne. 
Only the blokes you work with, because you come down, you don't know anyone. Mm. Only your workmates. So, what were the Carnegie Sons of Soldiers like as a footy team? Well, they played like, in the Oakley League, right? Junior League, yeah. And uh, hello, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you, Val. Val, yeah. hello. How's things? I know. Probably. Apart from footy, was there any other sport that took your interest? Well, after, after playing uh, a uh, that year anyway mm. at uh, Carnegie, the next year I went to Cube. I was still only six and played in the sub districts there, over the competition. And uh, that's where I sort of played my early footy and started to play cricket there as well. Right. I played, also played a bit of tennis and golf as well. Gee, all, all sports basically. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty lucky in a way. Was there a particular Was there a particular position you played in? You know, with Carnegie and then Q, or were you like? Oh, I was at that time. I was on baller. Yeah, okay. probably bowling. Wasn't very good at it. Not bowling. Did you bow originally? No, very recently. Like all the family, buddy. Well, being related to Biggie Mills, what else? <laughs> so that would, that would because yeah. the family was a Essendon sport. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So did you go to Essendon games as a... As a no, I've never seen a league game up like that. It's crazy. That's um, interesting. Did you follow it just in general in the paper? Oh, the radio? Well, I suppose like everybody else. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't important mm. to me because not being a, not being a city person, you really haven't any the same allegiance to a footy team like you like you did at that time in Melbourne. So did you have any interest to play football, league football? Well, I, well, I like to play footy, but it, the footy was as far league footy was as far from my mind as anything. No one got a bigger shock with me than when they asked me to go down and, and train with them. So, well, that's the way it was. How did that happen? How, how did was it Richmond who approached you? Yeah, through through probably through uh, uh, Ray Martin. He'd be he'd be recruiting anyway for Richmond, and and Rich Rich Q were actually Richmond thirds. There was no thirds. There was um, of course also there was the uh, Richmond districts as well. They played in the same cop, but. Uh, we and, and so did Richmond, but more so did we get get players from uh, the training list at uh, Q than probably Richmond District. So, so that means no other club could approach you because you're in Richmond's area, is that right? Well, well I was bound to Richmond anyway, mm. so it wasn't a matter of I didn't get anyone from Hawthorne or anyone or from Essendon. Because if you live in a certain district, and at that time being that age, you know, it's, I suppose it's remote, but you're going to make league footy anyway, isn't it? Mm. Right. It's a dream. It would be a dream if you... It's not like today. They set themselves from a young age, don't they? Very they know where they're going. Nice. Heading on. You know, and and we Sure. Keep me going. So, is 
Ray would Ray Martin have approached you and said, "Hey, come and train"? Yeah, he did. I think he did. Oh, yeah, he actually took me there. Because what was the relationship with yourself and Ray? How did Ray know you? He didn't know me through playing. He was a coach of coach of Q. Right. And and being virtually Richmond thirds, you got an association with the with the club. But uh, you may have said to me that. Oh, next season we'll get you down and have a run at training run at, at Richmond. Right. And it wasn't until uh, I think I read it in the paper. I was on night shift because yeah. uh, the war was on, and I would start at night shift pretty early. Um, I think I was sixteen. March. Read it in the paper that I'd been, you know, made the the uh, at that time the Lord was supplementary. This I think we got bloody ten dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and else, you know, and the the basic wage of three pounds seven eight six, and we were getting three quid in the like you know in the finish when you played. If you didn't play, you didn't get the three pound. Of course, you only got the virtually the training fees, which was about half price. Right? <laughs> so you went to Richmond to train. Would that have been in forty and forty two? Forty two. Yeah. So that was the first time you went to Richmond. Yeah. Nineteen forty two. Yeah. Just to try out, just to see how yeah. you went. Yeah. And and what did that entail? Did they put you in practice matches or? Oh yeah, but that we we did the full training yeah. sessions like from the start of the season, and you played in the practice games. And the lists were brought out, I think, the final lists were brought out uh, a fortnight mm. before the first game. Right. You'd know whether you were, you know, going somewhere else or going home. You must have played well in the practice games, Eric. Well, I didn't, didn't, I only got on the list. I didn't, uh, the first year I only played nine games. But how old were you at that stage? Seven, eight, you were 17 year old. I'm just trying to imagine a 17-year-old coming to Punt Road for the yeah. first time. The first time he's ever seen a football game or anything like that. Yeah. And there, I assume there's well, it's, like it's, it's you know you just live in the you're in a little world of your own. You know, Jesus, what's going on? You see bloody diaries up there, and these other big breaks that they had, and and you realise about the good players. And but I think being from the country and unfazed by it, it didn't matter so much. There was no. Uh, uh, you weren't in awe of all of You were sort of living in a little world of own, just doing your best mm. and pinching the ball because a lot of the place wouldn't kick it to you, of course. If you were opposition, like if you were, you were like on the, going to the list or playing a game on the train, yeah. half the passes wouldn't kick it to you. It was almost like playing for yourself kind of thing, you know. You'd well, you've got to earn, yeah. earn the respect of the others before the, you know. What position did they put you for the practice games? Oh, I on the wing, oh, I think. On the wing, yeah. so I don't know. Can't remember. Were you, were, you, were you in awe of Dyer when you arrived? Had you known about Jack? And Oh, yeah, well, I'd read about him and whatever. But been the first time you met him then. Well, that, yeah, well, virtually it was, yeah. Because uh, after, after, after uh, the training list, then you had to be signed. Right. So... And was that Murray Fleming's job or someone like yeah, that? Yeah, Murray Fleming and uh, Jack Dyer. I don't know, it might have been oh, Pat Canelli too, I think. 
mean, actually, being a minor, uh, you'd probably still have to get parent consent to sign them. So, uh, that they travelled up to Maribor to, yeah. Speak with your mother? Yeah. Was she all for you playing senior football? Oh, she, yeah, I suppose so. Like, Christ. She was glad to get rid of me, pal. I wasn't exactly the best kid on the block. <laughs> the people who, are, who I've spoken to, Des Rowe, uh, Tom and Roy Wright, yeah. they all say you were the toughest person to play for Richmond. Jeez, I'd like to get all those bastards kept running into me now. I'd kill them. <laughs> were you the toughest person to play for Richmond? Oh, I couldn't say that. I reckon George Smeaton was tougher than Dio, and that's pretty tough, I tell you. How tough was, what was, what made George Smeaton tough? What was, was well, he physically imposing, was he? Yes, and rock solid. Good balance, oh, tough. Great to be long side. Can you understand why people say you were tough? No, uh, I thought it was a ball player. <laughs> I thought it was like your old man. <laughs> Point a little bit more because people who I speak around that that, that time did well, say I you probably were... wasn't afraid, okay? okay? And I didn't care who were these big or little if, if right. he was in my sights. Yeah. As far as I was concerned, he was fair game. If I bounced off or got the worst of it, that was bad luck, you know. The old saying, not getting knocked down, that hurts, just getting up. Did you always have like that? All my life. That thought three life? Oh, yeah. I was, well, being the youngest of three boys and being in the country, yeah. you had to fight for your, for your bloody block, didn't you? Yeah. Did you ever get reported, Max? What? Playing footy? Only at uh, Richmond, only three times. Only three times? Yeah. I was innocent. All three, three times? Yeah. <laughs> were they fair game? Huh? Were they fair game, were they? What? The blacks? Yeah. Stupid little thing. I always said I'd do nothing in anger, nothing stupid, nothing in anger. Uh, I can't remember what the, the word much anyway. When I spoke to Desiree, he told me he remembers the first time he came down to the club and you showed him around. Yeah, we sat together. As he was fifteen, and I was sixteen, and we got dressed alongside each other, and that's where we formed our friendship from then, and then he didn't make the list. Right. He went away and played at Coburg with his, I think his dad was Kate, and then he came back in 1946. So uh, that was the difference between sort of Desi and I, and when he came back, we still got together again. Right. And, uh, uh, well, we finished up partners in that pub in Swan Street, of course. All clues. All friends, all three alike. Yeah. The resulting just from that. Yeah. Yes. The um, football. Anyway. Were Richmond were Richmond trying to? Uh, what position did Richmond want you to play? What, what did I, I assume they got you for a reason for? A well, I probably probably as a rover. Right. And I at that time I probably quote there was Dickie Harrison covers and just wasn't wasn't quite with it, and it. Even though I did play in 1943 premiership, the, the, semi, the, the final and semi-final as a rover, and in the premiership side, I was first rover. So 
Uh, I'd probably been in and out as a rover, but I played wing and half forward, and it was about it at that time. And rover, that was they were the positions, the only positions really that they could fit me in, I guess. And what number did you wear? Huh? What the Guernsey number? Well, I finished up with fourteen, right. which is you know, thing was born on the fourteenth. But I had a lucky to get a Guernsey. Any Guernsey used to wear, yeah. like prior, they give you one for the for the season. I think I wore ten and thirty were two of the Guernseys. So, right. so forty wasn't throughout your entire career. No, it was only from uh, from about. I don't think I wore the, the 14 and the 43 premiership, right. I think it was 30 probably. But uh, probably for the next season, I was allocated 14. See, they had a funny uh, thing, I think, I don't know, it was Marty uh, uh, Bolger, who yeah. was a back pocket player. And probably when I went to the back pocket, they decided they were going to give me number 14 on it. Yeah. I think that's how I got a B on it. So, uh, the, um, don't let me having your tea, no, by the way, I don't want it to get cold. Nah. Because you were, I mean, you were, you were a, a tough player who, you know, as you said, you went for the ball. Were you ever targeted yourself? Did you find that? Did you feel that? Oh, I copped a few, don't yeah. worry about that. As long as you gave that to <laughs> Well, that's, that's right. Remember, you saw Fanning in the paper this week. Yes, I did, yes. Well... We play Melbourne there one day, but he, uh, he kicked six goals up the half-time or something. There was Smeaton and Charlie Priestley and myself, we got together as a little powwow. George worked it out what we were going to do anyway. George said to Smeaton, you take him from one side, I'll take him from back. And Max, he said, you run underneath him. Well, just come down and up he goes, of course, and they whacked him and I've gone underneath him. But I don't know, one unfortunate thing happened, a big pass and land on top of me. <laughs> Didn't get another go, of course. <laughs> Did you just injure yourself? Hey? Did you injure yourself? No, but he just landed on top of me. <laughs> Did you suffer any injuries during your career? Yeah, I had a knee injury and two or three, the cartilage away from three of my ribs, and crushed a couple of times. Black kicked me and I hit him in the head, made a mistake. I give him a whack, but I hit him in, that was early. Hit him in the head and broke my thumb. And what, what was the um, what was the Richmond doctor's diagnosis? How would they treat, say, a, a broken thumb or, or a knee injury or back then? Oh, look, you'd know yourself whether your knee was bad, mm. but we didn't have the all the orthopedic folks and medical staff to have today, because. I'd say bloody Georgie Smeet and that get a bloody injections in his toe. And they'd see his toe was bloody awful. They'd get injections, they'd just wrap it up and pass you every right inside. It was fucking shit. How about your knee? Did, uh, was there any particular treatment for your knee? Oh, well, I did have the cartilage removed at one stage, but also I uh, uh, ruptured the which is the one in the middle there. Yeah. I don't know it's a cruciate ligament or something. That, I only played uh, through injuries. I only played 
We had four games in three seasons, two injuries. Uh, and uh, mainly, mainly uh, me, my broke my wrist. I had that to play with that plaster. Play with the wrist in plaster. Yeah. <laughs> they used to wrap it up. The umpires come in, they inspect them in the ground. They come in and be wrapped in just bandage. As soon as the umpire went, whoosh, put the bloody plaster on and wrap it up. So it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how well. Mate, you put your arms there, it's absolutely bastard, run into it, wouldn't it? No wonder you were knock, knocking people to the ground and everything, Max. You had plaster on your arm, on your wrist. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you played for Richmond? Your first league game? Yeah, I think it was against South Melbourne. And the best view on the ground, I reckon. All I saw was that ball fly up the bloody head all day. <laughs> the Bug and Topical Tats. You know, I think it was Sporting Bay. His remark was, uh, Oppie Richmond's new new rover and need the bog to keep up with the play. <laughs> That's how much he ignored. I didn't know what I was doing. It was. So how would you describe your first year at Richmond as a, what, 17-year-old? Well, playing probably half the season, getting half the game. So you played about nine games. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I thought that was reasonable. Yeah. But... Uh, would have liked to play more, but probably was lucky to play nine games. Like, was your form consistent, or you know, like with the first few games, you were just, you know, you, 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 oh, you didn't know it was a learning experience. Yeah, the first, uh, I knew that. I think uh, uh, at that time, Richmond was fairly strong, and it was. I was told that I'd get six games straight. Didn't matter what happened. And after six games, they dropped me, of course. But after a couple of weeks, I was back in for a couple more, so uh, that wasn't wasn't so bad. So I made the nine games, and the, and the next year uh, uh, was the final suit, like the premiership year. Uh, you're talking about you know, the premiership sides, so to break into them wasn't all that easy. Mm. So I was I was actually lucky. The, see, they played off in the 40, 42 and 43. 42 they lost, 43 they won. And uh, I was, uh, there was no doubt that it wasn't improving as the year went on, and, and that's why I sort of got that big job in the grand final. Mm. I was looking after Diggy Reynolds. How many games did you play in 43 from your, from your recollection? Would you have played? I would have played the nine nine home and home games plus the uh, couple of games in the in the finals. Three in the finals. By the time we get to the nineteen forty three grand final, you, you wouldn't have that many games under your belt, would you? No, probably around about twenty twenty. Yeah. And were you the youngest player in that grand final? Probably. Because yeah. you're only you would have been eighteen, 18 at that stage. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, you, you've never seen a game of football before in your life. Not league game. Not league game, and here you are. Yeah. About 20 games later playing in the grand final. Yeah, a couple of years later. And there was a reference I found in uh, Jack Dyer's book. I can find the reference. Dyer said that you were the only man who could stop Dick Reynolds that day. Oh, well, I suppose I was only 
Um, look, put it this way, I was disciplined. If I was given a job to do, I'd do it to the best of my ability. And I had that, they were talking about targets and whatever, today. Uh, virtually, that was that was my job for the day. It didn't matter where he went on the field, whether he went off the ball, I went to the back pocket. Didn't matter where Diggy Reynolds went, it was to keep him out of the play. Right. Because at that time, he was the match-winning rover and, and probably the best rover in the league at the time. Pretty well, I'd say. And uh, that, that was the job, to look to blanket him and just keep him out of the game. And you succeeded? Oh, yeah. Did you get some kicks yourself? Oh, yeah, you got a few kicks, yeah. I mean, it was a... Dickie, Dickie got about six stitches in his eye, but that was all right. Should I ask how he got those? Hey? How did he get stitches? <laughs> I don't know. Just run into me. I'm pissed. You came off the ground at the end of that premiership, or, I mean, what was the people's reactions to your performance? I mean, did Dyer say, you know, you, you did what I told you to do? Oh, well, happy I think what I, you did, I, you? Yeah. Well, I'd done what I was supposed to do. Yeah. It was put him out of the game mm. and still play a bit of football as well. Uh, if they keep kicking the ball for them, it becomes a contest, doesn't it? And if, if you're close and in front, and you're more than you could be. Uh, he just didn't like it. Do you have any other recollections of the 43 permission? Not much. No. And no. What, the game itself? Just the game. First of the game oh, itself. Oh, I can remember. Because it was a close Blake's game. like Vicky Harris and they kicked about seven goals, I think, in that, in that uh, grand final. Because I'm on the impression it was a close game. Yeah, I think it so. It only went down to like well, maybe a goal difference. It wasn't a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, where was that played at, do you remember? At Carlton. At Carlton, right. Interesting, the grand final at Carlton. Do you remember where you celebrated? I think it was, might have been Richmond Town Hall. Oh, classy. Or was it? Or was it the Richmond Rams? No, it would have been the Richmond Rams. It wasn't all that flash, I'll tell you. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> the trestles down the thing. You didn't... Didn't see that show, buddy. Uh, uh, what's, what was it? The bowl show. What did they call it? Uh, is it a yeah. Cracker Jack. Yeah. Well, you've seen that with the bloody stuff all lined up there in the middle. Did you? Did you think that Richard were going to play more grand finals throughout the forties? Well, we played. Yeah, we played in the forty-four. Yeah. We, of course. Then, and then we sort of uh, went down, the slide, you know, went down the hill. Yeah. Can you explain why that occurred? <sighs> Probably uh, the influence, probably of Jack Dyer, probably uh, getting towards the end of his career, I would say. And Jack could lift the game on his own. Like, you know, he'd go on the ruck and the next minute he'd be sent half forward and then he'd be sent half back. Like, around that area, Jack was Jack was a great player. There's no doubt about that, gosh. And most of the, most, and above all, he was a leader on the field. And that's the difference, I think, with a lot of football today. 
with uh, you know they've got all these runners and they've taken any uh, responsibility of direction whatever away from the captains and whatever they're all going to do with their tail they're all programmed pretty well aren't they mm. <laughs> you don't play the let it be game plan it just is like pretty well aren't they? so Dyer was going to be the end of his well he well he forty four he was three four years going played to forty eight so the impact that he had on oh, the game was the impact I think um, probably uh, we lost a couple of players uh, uh, but then again we had uh, blacks like Bill Morris and coming on mm-hmm. or Bill Morris uh, Roy Wright uh, and uh, they weren't far away but they just I think nine. 1946, so 46 to 48, but it's only a couple of years. They were in the finals in 40, not the grand finals, but in the final series in 46. And it wasn't until after then that they slowly went downhill for a few years. Yeah. What do you remember about Ron Durham? Well, he was solid, good player. Good kick? Yeah. Well, yeah, good kick. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was great defensive, good hands. He was a good player, yeah. and he just he just simply fell over. He just propped, and his knee went bang, and he just no one hit him. Right he just do you, remember, knee, do you remember the the, the moment then, or what? But it happened. Yeah. yeah, sure. He just propped, and then and went to twist, yeah. and go somewhere else. Yeah. And it, the knee just went, that was it. Didn't play yet. Great lad, nice fella too. Yeah. Who were some of the people that you specifically recall playing on? Oh, well, there's. Uh, and don't have any drop tricky bits. No, there we go. Like an easy piece of. Well, there was Randall Hutchison, was probably the best rover I played really? against. Billy Hutchison. Uh, Dickie was at the end of his career pretty well. I know he played on a fair while after, but he wasn't. Then Hutchie came on. They had, but Hutchie was the best rover, I reckon. I, I know there's been other rovers since, like Skilton or whatever, but Hutchie was definitely the best rover that I played against. And there were a lot of good rovers at Geelong and whatever, but I, I would put Hutchie down as number one myself. About Lou Richards, did you play with Yeah. Well, Lou Richards and Des Fothergill, uh, I had that job, was given to me uh, by Dyer to tag them and put them out of the game, which I did. Like, Lou got best on the ground one week and they clapped him off the ground next week, they booed. He, and, and Lou would, in the finish, Lou wouldn't come back back pocket at all. And Father Gill? Father Gill. Great player. Nice player too, Des. But uh, uh, that was one of the jobs I was able to do, was tag people, because I used to study them and and didn't even have room to spit. Must have been a a big thing for Di to delegate this responsibility to just a youngster, like a 17... Well, I was, I was 18, 18, when, 18 when I took on the thing I mean, with Reynolds. But if, if there was anything on after, 
if they wanted anyone out, I got the job anyway. So, yeah. and especially in the railway division. So, and was this, did you expect this each week? I mean, what? did Di would Di come up and say, "Okay, this this week, you know, I want you to shut out whoever," or was it? Oh, it'd be weird to talk about. It. I've got the job for you next week or this week. Because they didn't have strategy meetings or anything like that, did you? You know, you didn't have... Not really. No. Yeah. Oh, and I invited them. <laughs> couple of us. So you had a, you had a good... Rapport. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. We really know the age difference yeah. and all that. Oh, well, you know, even at half-time speeches and whatever. Yeah. Being so close to Jack and being disciplined and, and the type of player I was, Jack used to put me up first, and every now and again, to, if he wanted to have a go at somebody else, he'd have a go at me. And then, having having said that, it meant if he could have a go at me, he could say anything he'd like to the other players, of course. Yeah. And I used to sort of be bloody lacing up the bed, I'd be looking up, I said, shit, he couldn't be talking about me. Did you ever captain the club? Yeah. Twice. Twice. Yes. Took two teams to Collingwood, two consecutive years, and beat them twice. Make sure you have a hundred percent. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be the best. If I record as captain, the best in Richmond. I'll tell you that. Were you feeling as a coach? Not so good. Well, I was going to get to coaching shortly. <laughs> were you sorry? Were you vice captain? And then yeah, what? I was vice captain under Dyer. Under yeah, and no, under Desrae. Under Desrae. Yeah, right. And so Des was absent on, say, these occasions, and so you stepped up yeah, yeah. as a captain. Yeah. Um, did you feel the extra pressure? Oh, I think mean, I used to do most of the shaking and moving anyway. <laughs> Wait till Des that. Um, so you were a vice captain, and then as well you were a captain. You played for Victoria. No, I, oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't actually. I was. I, I was only captain. On those two occasions. Did you get paid extra for captain? Well, they did, but I can't remember getting extra in the pay packet, I can tell you now. I think maybe you send them a letter and ask for the extra funds now. You know what they'd say? What's that? <laughs> we'll, we'll catch that. <laughs> you played in Victoria? Yeah, five times. Was that, was that a big thing back then? Oh, yeah, Victoria? sure. Yeah. Better than playing for your club? More honourable or prestigious? Uh, well, I suppose it's, it, with the time it was more prestigious and... Uh, and uh, that was your aim. Once you've, it was everybody. Once they became league football, it was the the state football was. Oh, it was an honour, wasn't it? It's like representing Australia. And where did you play the state matches? Uh, do you recall? Yep, uh, Adelaide. And Is that the uh, first time you've ever been interstate? Yeah, a couple of times Adelaide, and three times and even Tassie or something. Whatever. And what was it? A great experience. Oh yeah, sure. Because people from all other clubs, yeah. some of you might have been played on. and Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, uh, not many from the, the fellas that from Melbourne went and played in the state. Mm. You might get not one, but not many. Yeah. Uh, but most of the friends that you, that you uh, uh, get to know in the state, they're your friends for life. Uh, often, uh, oh, not... Lately, but up to a few years back, Jack Sheedy and a few of them from Western Australia, every time they're here, they used to come down and see me. And, you know, we, we'd, but apart from that, I'd met them. 
through the through the years we've been on a couple of trips together. Right. Uh, not through football, but through uh, golf and the liquor industry and such. Had you ever been interstate before? Uh, oh yes, but not. I've been to Sydney and places. Okay, right. Yeah. So I mean, was it a, was it a, like a, a whole week thing out of your? Out, was it a week oh, out no, of your? No, no, no. Did they get there early? Oh, in the, the carnivals yeah, for a week. Yeah, yeah, right. So carnivals of the week. It was a big but thing. It, yeah, was a whole week. Oh, yeah. But the other one. The other, the, the just the state game, which is one game. Right. Carnival's different. Right. The state, the carnival's only held every four years or whatever, right. or whenever they were. Uh, the state games were held every year. So, but those you'd get there say Friday night, yeah. and you'd come home Sunday. What were the crowds like? Big crowds? Oh yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, how about the, the, car- the crowd in Adelaide jumped up and said, see it a couple of times? <laughs> First <laughs> time I've ever seen them get off their arse over here. They're more vocal now, though. How about the carnival sides? I mean, what well, was played in Tassie was the only carnival I've played in. Okay. What are your memories of playing in the carnival side in Tassie? Oh, they were, you're seeing you playing so many games and you're mixed up with all the others, right. it's almost like home and home games at, at, at a different level, right. you know, at the state level, yeah. that's all it is. Did you ever think that you would play in another premiership? I was always hoping, yep. but couldn't see it. You know, you've got to have players. So after 43, you obviously had a hope to play another premiership. Yeah, well, I thought we'd play in 144. Okay. Which we played, so you did. but got beat. So, and, uh, I don't know what happened, 45? What did we play? So after 44, when you've, you played in 44 losing grand final? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you've lost that, did you did you think you would play again in another premiership? Well, or another grand final? No, we thought we would. Yeah. Because we thought we were pretty good side at the time. So. Do you have any memories of playing in 44 in the, in the, in the grand final? Oh, yeah. The only thing we got beat. Any, any good memories you want to tell me or any memories of the game that you're well, Who'd you play on, do you remember? <coughs> oh, there was that one rather than he was another good rabbit for Fitzroy. Uh, 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 on the day we were a bit weakened. Uh, I think our, our main, one of our main players, Jack Broadstock, got reported a week before or whatever, and that sort of upset the side a bit. But, uh, because he was a great player, Brody. Yeah. They talk about ball handlers, yeah. Bulldog and the others. Brody would kill him. Yeah. He's the only bloke I've ever seen could run and bounce the ball one hand while he was playing. He'd just throw it out. It was like a yo-yo one, but he's straight. Honestly. All in the same motion. Just yeah. And for a six-footer, mm-hmm. uh, and, and clever. He's one of the early ones, you talk about footy in there. Uh, they say he was a great ball handler, which he was. But I'd put Brody in his class or better. That's interesting. When we talk about Richmond the past, his name's not always brought up. Who's? Broadstock. Oh, well, some people wouldn't want to know him. <laughs> would, you call, would you call him a good player, a great player? What would you call him Jack Broadstock as? Jack Broadstock won the McGeary medal at 15. That's the best player in South Australia. Yes. 
when he came to Richmond, he was still... Yeah. I mean, he was only yeah. he was going to get better on Richmond. Oh, yeah. Well, we had him and Jimmy Dean and whatever come over. A couple other blokes from South Australia. Max, how did you end up coaching Richmond? Well, I was virtually asked to coach him. I was really a caretaker coach. Okay, because I'll go back one step. Dyer finished coaching was replaced by Panic. Yes. Can you remember those that particular year? Because supposedly there was unrest with Dyer and he was unhappy about that. And oh, yeah, well, Paul. like all coaches. But Jack being who Jack was, uh, and, and uh, probably being, because I think at that time, Panam might have been uh, 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 assistant coach. He was coach of the, the, the second yeah. coach or whatever. And uh, uh, I don't know how he fell out with the committee at the time. Yeah. I haven't got a clue. But did it cause unrest, do you recall, in the club? Or, you know, oh, the dice, dice yeah, I, think, I don't think many people were terribly happy about... Uh, um, Panem being coach. I'm not saying anything against Elby Panem as coach. He was he was not a good player. Uh, Raver I played against anyway. But uh, I think the fact that at that time I think Richmond might have been struggling a bit for catch. And I know there's a couple of players we didn't get like uh, Mitham and uh, and the other boat from. Uh, What's his, his member of Parliament? Uh, Dixon. There was another bloke from. Uh, played up the right way, and Melbourne out bit us. Right. Anyway, so we didn't get. Look, I'm a great believer that good players make good coaches. I'm not saying that coaches don't help players, but the player has got to have the ability play the game in the first place and the coaches only bring out the best in them. Uh, and in my situation I know I went to the committee and said we, I want so and so so and so they said well you can't have him do you remember who you asked for? Eh? do you remember no, who I position wise right. I said we need so and so and so they said you can't have him I said why? I said we haven't got any money you had to buy players then the same as you did now Pay for them if you can't. So I was sort of behind the eight ball. That didn't worry me. I still did the best I could. And getting back to Jack Dyer, I don't know whether we were starting to come into a new era of football at that time, uh, of more professionalism amongst the the players. I believe that uh, uh, even then they'd have had to pay more money to get the best out of the players because all the players had another job and probably their, their, their football was their sport more so than their living and you've got to get priorities come into it. So You played under Jack and you played under Albie. Yeah. How did they differ as a coach? Oh, not a lot in, in things. Probably a different style of coaching, but Panem was a tough little bloke himself too. He could take a bit of punishment. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't, a, you know, an easy beat. 
and he liked the he liked to get the best out of the players and was pretty hard on them, uh, but didn't have the players. And I think you look go through our team now, we'll soon find out how good we are. Match it against fit the uh, Brisbane Lions, you're probably lucky if you get two players in the in the Brisbane Lions team. That'll tell you how good we are. So I kind of left the club. Uh, I took the after his coaching. Yeah. Um, and how did you become coach? Well, they just asked me to. Well, I coached them. I don't, they didn't have anyone. Mm. I was... was kind of, sorry, did kind of resign or... Well, yeah. I, well, they'd sacked him, I think. So... And they approached me and asked me if I'd coach them. Why did you say yes? Oh, I suppose... Uh, being a... I was a pretty good club person, I think. In my heart, I mightn't have spent as much time at the club as a lot of people, but my heart was there. Uh, but uh, I, when I when I took the job, I had no illusions that I was going to be a world beater. Really. Did you have any illusions that you were going to be coaching for a few years? Oh well, I didn't know. Right. There's a far as I understood it at the time that uh, it was uh, a review at the end of one year. I did reapply, but didn't get it, so. Okay. But obviously they weren't happy, because I knew about halfway through the season that they'd approached somebody else. Do you know who they approached? Yeah, Alan McDonald. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't dirty on that. Mm. I was probably dirty on that they did it night they didn't tell me. But, uh, you know, the club is, club comes first. It's like politics. It's just the way some people go about things. So the club finished 10th in 1956. Yeah, and I thought I'd done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it was their equal lowest ever on the ladder. Yeah, that's right. I admit that. <laughs> you're, not, you're not disputing that? No. <laughs> oh, God. As, as a coach... I think I'll forget about it. <laughs> the, um, I always say I'm one of the sack coaches. And as I said in a little bit, I put in the thing, as Jack Dyer said, there's only two types of coaches. The sack ones and the ones that are going to get sacked. Did you um, receive uh, extra pay for coaching? Well, I don't know what the extra pay is, but... I think I was about lined all with the captain. I don't know whether the captain does more than me. <laughs> so you took training and everything like that? Oh, oh yeah. Sure. What did training consist of in 1956? Well, it was just a normal two or three days a week. Right. It's pretty hard to get on the wall, tell you. Yeah. You've got big blanks like Riley. One day, I found out that he was... He was at the club, but he wasn't out on the field, so I went looking. And there he was, out in his car, eating snowballs, he was. And I, I, I bloody, he used to complain. He used to complain to the, the president that I was bloody, hey, we're good mates. But he used to complain to the president and whatever that I was training too hard. True. And I used to, because I was one of these, one for all and all for one. 
Everybody's got to do the routine, whether they like it or not. Riley doesn't didn't like work. He wasn't like them and playing and all the rest, but he didn't like hard work. Didn't like to be regimented, right? But uh, and he used to complain to the president. The president used to come up and say, "You're too hard on Riley. Why don't you give him a bit of luck?" You know, military. Oh yeah, we had our differences. You know, we fought for twelve months. Harry and I, like cat and dog. True, about, about, about the players and the football and the, the club. Right. How we should bloody do things. Mm. And Harry didn't agree. Like, I gave away on the interstate trip, and I this is one of the things. I said to him, what about if we have a, a players' dinner and get all the players together, you know? Yeah. And... and he said, no, he said, you can't do that. I said, well, if I organise it, can I do it? He said, yeah, but he said, I'm not paying for it. So I paid for it out of my own. And this was a couple of times that, well, I had these dinners, two, two years running. Yeah. And that's, that's the two times we've been coming. Because I had the players at the players' dinner yeah. and their wives and the dance and whatever. But do you remember Ron Tom? No. I he was, um, he had a... Place in, I'm trying to think of the ballroom and whatever he had up near Burke Road in High Street Q. Right. Anyway, that's where we had it. He had a thing and an entertainment, used to run weddings and things, so we had it up there. And everybody went up and said a pretty good night during the week, probably Wednesday night or something, because yeah. then they were trying to get on Thursday. And, but at least got the players together. And, oh, it was bloody hard work to do. You finished in 54. As a player? Yeah. But then you I went on the committee. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, what did yeah. you do in between? Well, I went on the committee. Yeah. And they, that's when they asked me. The, the match committee? Or? No, the full committee. Okay. And I was also, I was on the selection committee when I was, when I was um, uh, vice captain right. as well. Right. Uh, I can't remember the captain was on or not. I don't think he was. Anyway. You went on the committee when Penham got sacked, were you? Uh... I don't know what the year you finished. That's right. Just checking, because they're new coach the next well, year. That's yeah, right. that's... Because uh, I was on the committee. That, uh, well, what happened? As soon as they... As soon, soon as they elect another coach, mm. I went back on the committee. I didn't spit the dummy, really. Oh, uh, you coached him? Yeah. Okay, so when they... I went when straight they, back on the committee... And I was there uh, when they were making arrangements for McDonald for his uh, you know transition period from from uh, uh, Bendigo right. down here, right. and uh, uh, I had no access to grind with Alan McDonald. It was as a club matter; was not a person So you know, it sort of depends. Some people are different. How long did you stay on the committee for? Oh, for about another four or five years. Can, can I just clarify the committee? Did you meet once a week or what was... Well, how the, did that operate? We... we They also had finance committee, yes. whatever, as, as such. The, the separate committees. And the, the selection committee and the general committee, uh, they, would, they would meet probably every fortnight or 
whatever it was. At the club? At the club. Yeah, yeah in the club rooms, in the presidents, right? And and um, you still had the selection uh, thing, but the general committee didn't meet every week. And in your time, do you remember overseeing any particular pivotal decisions or any ones that come to mind when you're on the committee? Uh, probably the, the uh, in what manner? Uh, well, I mean, while you were there at committee level, so yeah. I'm, just, I'm intrigued to know whether or not, uh, from your, your memory, you recall um, overseeing or being a part of appointments or departures or club decisions about things? Uh, I was probably... Uh, my main considerations were probably selection and, and players. Right, okay. Did you recommend anyone as a, oh, I as did a committee? Time, who, who, I, I did. Only, only reckon black, recommended blokes like John Sharrick and others and our, uh, our committee at the time wouldn't go and get them. Oh. So on and that. Were you one of the people, who, were you one of the people who would go out and well, watch, I did. Watch, yeah, uh, I did some recruiting. Right. Did some recruiting. Do you remember who you recruited? Oh well, I only uh, in certain areas, and I, we didn't. We didn't really get anyone out of uh, the area that I was sent to. Anyway, I didn't get any of the plum jobs going to country or anything. As sending sending them out. Sorry, them sending you out to recruit. Yeah. What What did that entail? You go out and just watch. With well, we already had a person's name in. in yes. There, w there would have been one or two players, right. uh, say in, in the uh, Metropolitan Leagues, yeah. and you'd have a uh, player and you go and watch right. certain players, and you'd try and assess their ability to make league football. They don't have to be the po most polished players in the room. They're not always the ones that make league football. It's some of the... In junior football, or whatever you like to call it, uh, you get players that are established players uh, that are good in that era, era but they're never going to get any better. Right. What you look for is for somebody that's got a bit of raw talent, more so than polished talent in that league, because if someone might lack a couple of yards in pace, so it wouldn't matter how good in that football they're outstanding because of their ball handling and whatever. They get in the league, they can't compete because they can't get to the ball. So if, it doesn't matter how good if, you, if someone's a couple of yards faster, you're finished. Just a few more questions. Yes, yeah. Do you remember playing at a ground called Turak Park? I think St Kilda might have might have been their ground at a particular time, no? Turret Park. Faulkner Park. Well, I was only impression. I know you originally played St Kilda there at one stage. It might have been while the army was in occupation. Because right. I think it was around 42 or 43. Yeah, there. it would have been Faulkner Park. Oh, okay, right? sorry. Uh, Where was that situated, do you recall? Well, it's somewhere between uh, uh, Alfred Hospital. Right. And back towards, uh, uh, 
I think it runs into uh, is it somewhere around Melbourne Grammar? Wait a minute. Well, I was going to talk about the grounds that you played on. I mean, they would have been somewhere pretty good. <laughs> Any comes straight to mind? Yeah, the worst one ever was Fitzroy. Stuck. Because the, the, the ground was only covered with the Merry Creek soil from the cricket pitches. And you get a real bad wind, it's wet, it was all cloggy like a bloody cow paddock. I mean, the cow, I mean, the Milton paddock, you know? Yeah. It was shocker. Stink. How about um, compare that to Punt Road? Oh, Punt Road was always better than that. There was some good ground. I didn't think Punt Road, it got bad in the middle. Yeah on the cricket pitches, as most grounds did anyway. So, you know, there'd be a bit of slip siding in the mud. Mm. And uh, it's a bit like comparing those grounds with Telster ground and the boys slipping on Telster. That's just bad. That's bad foot gear. Yeah. Not suitable for the ground. Mm. And... Uh, and, and they complain about, you know, a little thing like that. And you, what do you say, you know, oh, hard change of these days. And Did you see one of the uh, AFL games the other day? In, in the thing, it was like the mud pads that we used to play. And somewhere they were playing on Sunday. And there would have been complaints about that, the ground and all that. Oh, you did but that if you played at Fitzroy on, 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 got that bad that if you got scratches on your leg and that, they'd all fester. Become infected. That was bad, bad. We should have closed it. Yeah. How about the ground like Hawthorne? Well, that was ordinary ground. Right. A hell of a slope on it. Used to amaze me, the bloody train drivers used to stop. Watch the 40. Keep the two. Because it's nearly on the ground. Yeah. yeah. How about ground like Geelong? Uh, yeah, Geelong ground was always pretty reasonable. I'd say. And the MCG? MCG, well, that was the ground. Mm. St Kilda was pretty good. St Kilda ground's always been pretty good because I think it's on sandy soil down there. But uh, that was one of the one of the good grounds, St Kilda. When did you realise it was time to stop playing football? Well, I thought I'd just about had enough and I'd, I wanted to go out when I wanted to go. Not when they said you'd had enough. And uh, that's why I decided. That, and there was no incentives to to play on. Like, there was not like now, the like membership of the league and whatever. Uh, we didn't have that luxury in those days. Otherwise, you know, and having played 13 years was getting a bit of a grind anyway. And... Uh, Really, thinking back on it, I, I got a better send-off at Richmond on my final day than probably Jack Diary. Before that, before your last game, did Dave want you to finish earlier? No, there's never, never any thought talk about it. So, you finished up, where was your last game? At Richmond. Against? Collingwood. Right. Yeah. And you, you had, was that, was that the last game of the season? Or yeah, we, the last game of the season. And when did you make the decision that this would, that would be last year? I mean, oh, probably at some time during the 
season. And what was that based on? Was it based on the fact you didn't think that you could play another season or injuries? Or Well, I think the body was starting to feel it because I've had a few injuries. Things weren't all that. I've got a fair legacy of those. I've got two replacement knees, two replacement hips, one child, and this one, this one has only been reconstructed. Not replaced. Not replaced. This one's got prosthesis, this one hasn't. So. You said your farewell was probably better than Dyer's farewell. Can you, can, can, do you remember both, both of them? Oh, I can't really remember Jack's. I know he, they gave him a send-off, but I, I, probably I've got a better record of mine than what Jack has, because I've got all mine on tape. So, uh, right. Might have seen that footage, is that? That's part of the leak. I gave the, I gave the film for the archives. Yeah. I think they put it onto, they included parts of it in their tape, I think, in one of the things somewhere. Well, and what did the, the send-off consist of? Oh, I didn't know. It was just that my, and the supporters gave me the send-off, more so than the club itself. Did you win that day? Yeah. It's, it's reported in that thing by Stephen Phillips that Richmond got beaten, but that's not the one. Because if you look at the thing on the scoreboard, yeah. it shows that Richmond won, yeah. which we did anyway. You were chaired off the ground? Yeah, I was chaired off the ground. Chaired. Yeah. It, to me, it was pretty, pretty important. And then that was it? Yeah. Was it a bit of a... Not to your demise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking back now at your, at your career, at your football career, how would you, maybe in one sentence, how would you sum up Max Oppie's football career? The, 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 from a young person to now, when I look back, I'd say that football has been and given me as much pleasure and opened that many doors for me through other sports and whatever, that uh, it would never have happened. I don't know whether you know it or not, but uh, I uh, won the club championship at golf. And uh, other things, I sailed the Australian championships of the C-class categories. I've done a lot of things. Mm. Represented Australia at, uh, in a sportsman golf day in England, the day after the British Open of golf, uh, with other sportsmen like uh, test cricketers and others. So I've had a pretty good life, yeah. apart from all the little things that happened. <laughs> had heart attacks and whatever. You had heart attack. How long was that last year? Yeah. And how have you covered since then? Thank you for okay. um, your wonderful career. I don't really anything else. Unless there's anything else you'd like to say no. for the record? No, Brent. If there's anything you want to, you can ring me and if you've got any. I had I bought, I put the things somewhere here, a lot of old shit that I had, but you wouldn't be interested in looking at that. At the scrapbooks? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't mind looking at the scrapbooks. I help out at the museum. Hey? I help out Ronnie Rifle at the Richmond Museum all the time. Yeah. Well, we'll stop that. Thank you very much for okay. your time. So there it was.
my conversation from 2004 with Max Oppie. What a champion player he was. What a champion person he was as well. And it was lovely to spend the afternoon with him at his residence, looking through the old scrapbooks at the end and talking about his memories. If you're listening through iTunes, make sure you give it a review and uh, give it a rating with the star system. Try five stars if you like and leave a comment. Don't be afraid. And if you're listening through SoundCloud, then I appreciate that and you can check back each week and there'll be a new podcast there for you. So until we speak again, good thanks.